Put up my first verse, please. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. About a month ago, five weeks ago, we were in Beersheba. And one of the challenges when we left Beersheba was to do a 21-day devotional on version. And some of us did it. And if you've never done a group devotional on version, you need to do it. Pick one, invite your friends. At the end of each day is a section called Talk About It. And you can chat with each other. And it's amazing the insight you can get from your fellow Christians when you do a devotional together. So one day, I don't even remember what the devotional was about, but I made the mistake of saying, I think God is calling me out of my comfort zone and to do more public speaking. And Pastor Jeremy was part of our group. (laughs) And Pastor Jeremy says, I'm glad to hear that. I need somebody to give the message on Thanksgiving Eve. So, I said, well, I'm not really sure I'm going to be here for Thanksgiving. And I need to pray about this. And... So plans for Thanksgiving kind of fell through. I was supposed to go to New York to be with my grandchildren. They fell through. And then I had no way of saying no. (laughs) Because God had told me I was supposed to step out of my comfort zone. So that's how I got here today. But besides all that, five weeks ago or six, four weeks ago when all this started happening, God knew God knew where we would be as a church today. And he knew that Pastor Jeremy would not be able to deliver tonight's message. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So, if anybody here doesn't know me, I'm Shelley McBurney. In addition to doing this tonight, I have agreed also to be your lay leader next year. So there will be, (laughs) thank you, there will be more public speaking in the next year. But when I started planning this, I was going to tell you some of my hardships and what God had done to see me through. But our hearts are already breaking here tonight, and I'm not going to add to that burden. Life is a gift. It's a gift from God during good times, when your bank account is flush, when friends are plentiful, and when the wind is at your back. And it's a gift when your world has crumbled, when you're alone and your health has failed. If you're still breathing, come bless the Lord with me today. Rejoice in his holy name and thank him for the gift of this day. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, 
who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the world of truth that we might be kind, be a kind of first fruits of all he created. That's James. <laughs> Shocking that it wasn't first. <laughs> James is my go-to book. It's my favorite book in the Bible. I think of it as an instruction book for living a godly life. It's five short chapters. You can read it in about 20 minutes. But it takes a lifetime to study it and live it out. Maybe give it a try this weekend if you're looking for something to read. We can choose to be thankful for the gifts of life no matter how difficult our path is, because we are assured that God is with us in the middle of it and that he continues to bring blessings to our lives, even in our most painful moments. During this season, we can gift God, ourselves, others, as gestures of gratitude and thanksgiving, and it doesn't have to cost anything. Ways to gift God, you might ask. Tell him thank you. This reminds me of a story I read several years ago. It went around when we used to email all those stories to each other. Do you remember that? What happens in heaven when we pray? I dreamt that I went to heaven and an angel was showing me around. We walked side by side inside a large workroom filled with angels. My angel guide stopped in front of the first section and said, This is the receiving section. Here, all petitions to God said in a prayer are received. I looked around the room, and it was terribly busy, with so many angels sorting out petitions written on paper sheets and scraps from people all over the world. Then we moved down a long corridor until we reached the second section. The angel then said to me, This is the packaging and delivery section. Here, the graces and blessings the people asked for are processed and delivered to the living persons on earth. I noticed again how busy it was there. There were many angels, as far as the eye could see, working hard in that station. Since so many blessings had been, re- had been requested and were being packaged for delivery to earth. Finally, at the very end of this long corridor, we stopped at a door of a very small section. To my surprise, only one angel was seated there, idly doing nothing. This is the acknowledgement section, my angel friend quietly admitted to me. He seemed a bit embarrassed. How is it that there's no work going on here, I asked. So sad, the angel sighed. After people receive blessings that they have asked for, very few send back acknowledgments. How does one acknowledge God's blessings, I asked. Simple, the angel said. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything, especially my family and friends. As you leave here tonight, I have a gift for you. My small group members will be standing at the back door to give it to you. It is a small journal. It's a gratitude journal. 
And the first two pages are 30 lines to write down every day for the next 30 days one thing that you are grateful for. And then for the next 28 days, there's a series of questions each day. My prayer is that you will spend a few minutes each day with God, thanking him for your blessings. At the end of this little journal, I'm hoping that you will continue the habit. Next, you can give yourself some gifts. Take time to refuel yourself so you will be equipped to pour into others. You cannot pour from an empty vessel. You have to take care of yourself. You have to grow. Some of the ways you can take care of yourself, spend time with God. Spend time in the word. If someone compliments you, say thank you. Be humble. Don't be embarrassed. Just say thank you. Keep a journal. Write yourself a love letter. Seriously, start out. Dear Shelly, don't write it to me. Write it to you. (laughs) And then describe all the things you admire about yourself. Be positive. Be upbeat. It will encourage you. Next, gift to others. Share a specific example of something they did for you and how it made a difference in your life. Compliment them on a talent, skill, or strength that you admire. Look them straight in the eye and say, you make the world better. Encourage them to try something you know they want to try but haven't yet because they're scared and then offer to do it with them. Leave love cards at restaurants. Some of the things I am grateful for, first of all, my mother. My mother made me love Jesus from the womb. She was a very godly woman, and she taught me that Jesus was everything. She taught me about tithing. She taught me about saving. She taught me right from wrong, good from bad. And I wouldn't be the person I am today had it not been for her. I lost her when I was 27. I'm very, very grateful for my salvation, for my family, both biological and all of you, my small group. If you are not in a small group, people, you have no idea what you're missing. These ladies know everything about me. The good, the bad, the dirty, the (laughs) everything. We laugh together, we cry together, we, we share so much, and we grow together. I'm grateful for my home, for Magnum, my cat, and for my financial security. It allows me to give financially. I'm thankful for my ability to give physically, serve the church, serve God, serve the community. And I'm thankful that I can give spiritually to anyone who needs me. I thank God for little things, too. People that know this laugh at me, so it's okay. I thank God for green lights. At Fall Retreat, 
Pastor Rick said, if you're on time, you're late. (laughs) I just laughed. Because if I'm on time, I feel really lucky. (laughs) So I hit those green lights. I thank Jesus. I might actually make it. Probably not early, though. One of the things Pastor Jeremy said in the sermon on Sunday was thankfulness leads to gratefulness. The word grateful or gratitude, I could only find it four times in my Bible. And one of them was bad, bad. But the other three Paul wrote in Second Timothy, I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. In 1 Timothy, he wrote, thank you. Wait a minute. I lost my I am grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in my unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. We're all sinners. Paul admitted it right here. A blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But he was ignorant in his unbelief. Once he believed Jesus was the Messiah, he was forgiven. And finally, in Colossians, Paul says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. I think that by giving thanks to God, our family, and others, and by serving God, our family, and others with joy, We are turning our thanks to gratitude. Gratefulness hinges on our acceptance of God's will over our own. Let me say that again. Gratefulness hinges on our acceptance of God's will over our own. It's a hard thing to do. We think we're in control, but we're not. God is in control. And as long as, as soon as we talk to him and discover our will for him and through him, we can be grateful and we can live our lives according to his purpose. I have a personal favorite verse. I have lots of favorite verses, but this one especially. Rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul said that too. People ask me how I pray continuously. 
I kind of have this constant conversation going on in my head with God pretty much all the time. But people over the years have taught me different kinds of prayers. We have popcorn prayers, which Pastor Louise taught me many years ago. And a popcorn prayer is simply if someone comes to mind, you have this thought pop into your head about someone, pray for them. There's a reason the Holy Spirit put that person on your heart. You may not know why, but just say a short prayer. God bless whoever, or God be with this person. That's all you have to do. My oldest sister taught me about rocket prayers. A rocket prayer is when you need help, and you need it quick, and you don't have a lot of time to think about it or talk about it. So as I was walking up here tonight, I said, Lord, be with me. That's it. That's a rocket prayer. And then Pastor Rick prayed, and I started talking. (laughs) We pray for others. Those are intercessory prayers. I do it all the time. We have a prayer list. Every Sunday, we're given a prayer list. Pray for those people. Prayer is powerful. There's prayers of thanks. The prayer beads actually have a system which I hope you all know. There's a card next to them. They've been taken down for the Christmas season, but we'll get them back up again. But there's four sets of seven beads, and they're called weeks because there's seven of them. I didn't make this up. I didn't write the book. But the first seven beads are to praise God. Praise God for who he is. He's our Savior. He's our protector. He's our guide. He's our Father. The second set is for forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. And if you can't come up with seven sins, that's okay. Just be still for a minute and listen. The next set is for intercessory. That's praying for others. But the last seven are for thanksgiving. Thank God for everything he's given you. Everything we have is a gift from God. And then there's questions. I I ask God questions. And I'm going to share this with you. I haven't shared it with too many people, but Friday I was in the car praying, driving. And I was praying for, I found myself praying for Lester. I've done that a lot lately. And I thought, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Lester is just such a, a wonderful, wonderful Christian. Why is he suffering like this? And what I heard was, he is your Job. He is my Job. Maybe he's your Job, too. We, are, we need to learn faithfulness from Lester. He's never given up. He loves God mightily. And I think that's the answer I got. But I do. When I pray, I ask questions. And sometimes I get an answer. I eventually get an answer. Not always the one I want to hear, though, right? So this Thanksgiving, before your family digs into the pumpkin pie, reflect on what God has done this year. Offer gratitude, not only for the easy sailing blessings, but also for the storms. Pray with me, please.
Dear God, thank you not only for your countless blessings, but for the challenges that draw us near to you. Thank you for the hard moments when you gave me the strength to wait out the storm. Jesus, you are so good. Whatever storms come into my life, you are my rock and my shelter. Thank you for your sustenance that fills me, your light that surrounds me, and your love that never fails. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to stand and sing together, and we're going to count our blessings. Now, this is not in the hymnal, but you have the words here.
Every time we celebrate communion, I am reminded the context of what communion was about. It was a time in the journey of the Israelites, of the people of Israel, where they came together to remember and to give thanks for the ways that God had blessed and provided safety and protection for them along their journey. Tonight, as we gather, we give thanks and remember how God has provided for us, how God has brought us out of captivity, how God has protected us from danger, how God continues to guide us on our journey. Do you remember the story? The Bible says that as Jesus gathered with his disciples in that upper room, he began to talk to them about the provisions of God, how God provided for the people of Israel. The Bible said at a time, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks. Blessed are you, O God, giver of the grains of the field. He took the bread, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which will be given. For you. Take, eat. And as the meal continued, he took the cup and he gave thanks. Blessed are you, O God of the universe, who brings forth brings forth the fruit of the vine. He gave it to his friends, his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood. The blood of the new covenant, which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do in remembrance of me. In short, Jesus was showing them the new way. It was a promise that even in the next several hours, they might not see him, he would be there. And as sure as God, and I'm not sure that Jesus used exactly these words, but as sure as God had provided for their ancestors, God would continue to provide through the sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as sure as God provided for those people that day, we hear again tonight Jesus say, 
This is my body given. This is my blood shed for you and for all who will ever be. God provides now. And for that we are grateful. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, upon these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body of blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, unite us as one in faith, one in service, and one in community until Christ comes in final victory and we feast with him at the table that he will prepare for us. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask those who will be serving to come, and I would remind you, always, in the United Methodist Church, we celebrate an open table. All are welcome to the table. This is a means of grace, we are reminded. We'll be receiving communion by intinction. Take the cup, excuse me, take the bread, dip the bread into the cup, and take the two elements together. We're going to ask if you would come down the center aisles and then kind of return back to on the sides. But as you're going down the sides, you're going to see this thing called a communion rail. Some people call it an altar. Some people call it a prayer rail. You have an opportunity to, to use that. If God is calling you to spend some time in prayer, I would invite you to do that tonight. table is ready. Would you come?
May the peace that passes all understanding, may the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit be with you this night. May you always remember that God is bigger than any circumstance you find yourself in. May you always remember that as your friends and family may tell you there is no hope. I was thinking about Job for a second. There is hope. And when things seem uncertain, there is certainty for only one reason. God is God. Now may the strength and peace of that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go with you this night. May you leave from this place with grateful, thankful hearts for what God has done and what God will do. May you go forth as weak, saying you're strong, as poor, saying you're rich, as sick, saying you're healed, in the name of Jesus. Go forth and serve God through your love for your family and your neighbors. And the peace of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you always.